from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're talking about the impact the COVID-19 coronavirus has had on a number of sacraments in the Catholic Church, including the sacrament of marriage. Our guests today are Bailey and Andy Brooks of St. Francis Parish in West Des Moines to tell us about their experience when the state prohibited gatherings larger than 10 people. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. Happy morning. Easter to you. Amen. Yes, Hallelujah. Right. We're celebrating this great octave of Easter, although when you look outside, it's kind of a winter wonderland, part <laughs> of this upside-down world that we're in. <laughs> I and, know. It's crazy you know, it's reality. Like Christmas or, or the Drake Relays or something <laughs> you know, know. With, with the weather that's coming on here as well. But uh, as in so many parishes, kind of the opportunity to celebrate the, the Triduum last week mm-hmm. and also the Easter Vigil and the uh, Easter Sunday. Unique and the, the stark empty churches, but uh, the spirit was there. And as I caught a glimpse of some of our 31 parishes that are mm-hmm. live streaming, just looked at a few of those or uh, posting mm-hmm. those masses afterwards. I didn't see them live streaming because I was praying. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you were busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah I, well, I kind of checked on my phone during, <laughs> yeah. during the during the third reading yeah, of the vigil. Right. <laughs> The very thing I don't—I I don't, sure I don't want my siblings to do, but uh, <laughs> but they were they were beautiful, solemn celebrations. But uh, let's not ever do that again that That's way. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, but the church has prayed on, and so we're continuing to absorb this. And then, of course, the uh, culmination of the octave of Easter is Divine Mercy Sunday, yeah. and we kind of have a special twenty-four hours of prayer this uh, week, uh, starting on Saturday, a, mm-hmm. a vigil a evening a vesper service with uh, Deacon Matt Halbach and Deacon mm-hmm. Tom Bradley from St. Anne's Chapel, mm-hmm. and then we kind of move into a twenty-four hour period of prayer, and we were invoking God's mercy in a, in a very intense way this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we want an end to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We want those whose lives have been uh, turned upside down, wreak much havoc with that, those who've lost employment or other things, obviously the disease and loss that uh, people have experienced in their own families, too. So, mm-hmm. so we're praying for them. Uh, we'll have Mass at uh, Christ the King, kind of the, the nucleus of Divine mm-hmm. Mercy on 830, mm-hmm. and uh, moments for the chaplet to be prayed, and then a holy hour on uh, f- Sunday afternoon, at which yours truly will be presiding from St. Ambrose Cathedral, then concluding at 5 p.m. So 24 hours of mercy, 24 mm-hmm. hours of grace, and uh, we pray that that will be abundantly upon us in this way. Uh, we're conscious of our fellow Iowans up in Region 6 uh, who are now kind of, I don't know if the term was actually used, sheltering in place, mm-hmm. but uh, kind of cross the threshold with the metrics that are used in, in that. And so we know that the, that part of the state has been affected greatly and uh, very much there. Uh, if I could refer kind of to my former roots and kind of a, sure. a story, a point mm-hmm. story, we're, we're very conscious that the Heritage Specialty Care uh, facility in Cedar Rapids was particularly uh, uh, affected by the, the virus, 102 cases that are there. Father Mark Murphy is a pastor of St. Jude Parish, which is only a couple blocks down the street from Heritage. And right now, uh, and again, um, 17 residents have died, 16 have recovered, so it's really bad. So Father Murphy's been standing on the corner of First Avenue and Clive Drive, praying every day, kind of keeping a prayer vigil, Mm -hmm. since obviously he's prevented from going in there as well. He says, I know they're in a tough spot right now, so I ask God to forgive the sins of all the residents who are there, make them healthy and holy. I also ask God to protect the staff who I think are living their finest hour caring for these people. So it's kind of somber because he can't have that Mm one-on-one relational contact with them. But he's trying to ask God's mercy to come upon Mm -hmm. them and uh, being the priest that he is. So uh, Father Mark, if I could borrow from 
former cyclone coach Paul Rhodes. Uh, mm-hmm. I am proud to have been on the same team with you and Father Mark Murphy and so many priests who are tirelessly mm-hmm. maybe behind the scenes doing that. We want to be supporting people who are experiencing uh, uh, any kind of loss or setback. One of the things we're doing in the Diocese of Des Moines is the Diocese of Des Moines COVID-19 Relief Fund. Uh, that's an opportunity for people. Now, we know some people are going to be seeking assistance in many forms, but some of us have kind of been able at this point to kind of maintain a, a stable life, and we have the material means that are there. And so it's a chance to be neighbor to those who are hurting most and to kind of channel that through the Diocese of Des Moines, individuals who might not otherwise be receiving government assistance, uh, the basic necessities, paying rent, or utilities, food, and other things as well. They would not receive from this fund direct uh, income, but uh, would be receiving uh, through the Catholic Charities grants and funneled through their parishes. We'd also be supporting those parishes in need. So we encourage you to consider the COVID-19 Relief Fund on the Diocese of Des Moines webpage under the coronavirus site. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Fisher Collins from the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're talking about the impact the COVID-19 coronavirus has had a number of sacraments in the Catholic Church, including the sacrament of marriage. Our guests today are Bailey and Andy Brooks of St. Francis Parish in West Des Moines to tell us about their experience when the state prohibited gatherings larger than 10 people. Okay, well, good morning. I don't know that we've ever met Bailey and Andy, but congratulations here. Uh, love is in the air here. So, the, <laughs> thank you. Yes, you know, and kind of a, a beautiful idyllic scene out there, kind of a snow globe out there, just kind of can, as you kind of keep uh, company with each other as well. But uh, yeah, so your your life uh, didn't always go according to plan either here, and uh, just want to uh, not only congratulate you and your prayers, but. Uh, you uh, kind of fast-forward in, in your life plan, and can you tell us a little bit what uh, what was behind all that? Yeah, of course. So um, Sunday before we ended up getting married, the guidelines came out that um, all gatherings for the next eight weeks were going to be uh, required to be less than 50 people. And so and, we and, realized... and, the, and the Bishop of Des Moines made the decision on <laughs> Sunday morning. Did, did I pull the plug on your Sunday Mass plans or not? <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. No, it's we'll blame the CDC and not you. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we so love Doctor Fauci. Fauci. <laughs> so we knew right away our wedding was going to be affected and wouldn't go as planned. Um, And so later that week, it changed again to less than 10 people. And um, I'm a 
graduating medical school this year. So congratulations there too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So just a lot of things changed with scheduling um, of the last couple months of school as well. So we decided, well, if we can't do the wedding as we planned, then what are we waiting for? We know we want to get married. So let's just do it. And um, Friday, the morning that we got married was also the day of my match day celebration for where I'll start oh, residence. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So after we got married and said our vows, we got to open up the email saying where we'll live for the next four years. And it was just a really, really special day. So what an act of trust for you, Andy. Huh? You're, you're letting your, your bride-to-be and then, and then your, your new new spouse uh, to determine where you're going to live and spend the rest of <laughs> the next phase of your life. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it's, it's Iowa City, uh, which was her top choice. And we were, uh, you know, had a lot of different things going on. So it was really just a huge relief to, uh, to get married and, and a great way to celebrate after by coming home and getting some more good news. So uh, it, it wasn't how we envisioned it playing out, but it ended up working out really well. Ah, because ordinarily, what kind of guy would get married on Friday, March 20th? Ordinarily, any normal year, that's one of the first days of the NCAA Men's Basketball <laughs> Tournament March Madness. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, some of us block out two days there, you know, or find excuses that we're, we're not uh, at our desk for those times. But So how long have you, were you, had you dated, and how long had you been engaged prior to that? I mean, this wasn't just like, you know, the wedding chapel of Right. <laughs> right. So we, we started dating about three years ago, uh, and we had been engaged for about a year and a half. Uh, like Bailey said, with her medical school and graduation and starting residency, we had a pretty limited window in when we thought we could pull a wedding off, or at least the wedding we envisioned. Um, so that's why we had targeted the May 2nd date. Uh, and just, you know, with, with all the uncertainty, um, surrounding everything going on, we're just like, well, we can't really push it back because Bailey's going to start residency and, and her time demands are going to increase. Uh, she also won't have as much control over her schedule. So we decided to just go ahead and get married, and then we were able to find a date through her uh, her scheduling of her residency where we can do a renewal of vows and, and a reception uh, that we always plan for down the road. Okay, more about that as we can wrap it up today. But uh, So as you think about the sacrament of marriage, the, the couples actually are the ministers of the sacrament to one another. I mean, there may be a priest or deacon who's witnessing, uh, you know, officiating on behalf of the church for sacramental. But uh, so your preparation process, are there any things that you could, as you reflect now, that maybe kind of helped you to, to seal your love in God's eyes? Were there things that maybe challenged you during your marriage preparation? I think um, as everything unfolded and it was a little bit of a stressful time, I think that this really enabled Andy and I to focus on our love for each other and bringing God into the center of our marriage and knowing that as long as we had each other and God was present with us, that that was what we needed. And I think um, it's really honestly given us a chance to set up our marriage for really exciting things to come. We've got to focus on on the main important things because of this, and I'm actually really thankful that it all played out the way that it did. Wow. 
That's that's uh, it's beautiful. I mean, in, in my working with couples, and I've been privileged to continue to, uh, you know, in recent years to have marriage uh, ministry and things. I've always said simple is good. Now, now some <laughs> some embrace that, and, and others don't. But that the that the liturgy itself kind of speaks to itself and kind of captures the essence of that all that you want to be about as you lay down your lives for each other and 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 you know subordinate yourselves at that kind of volatile word sometimes that we hear. So, but uh, how tremendous! And so the, the kind of the essence of God's spirit and, and uh, you know, your, your trust in that and your willingness to give yourself over to that. Yeah. And so Bailey, you had said that uh, the two of you, you had all your vendors and reception planned, but at this point you've decided to hold off and have a renewal of vows instead of your actual wedding day. Isn't that right? Yes, that's correct. So um, just with everything, how we had planned, we really wanted to start our life together as a married couple um, going into residency as we were planning to both make the move together. Um, so we we wanted to get married, but we still wanted to have the opportunity to celebrate with our family and friends at a later date. So we're planning to renew our vows in January um, alongside our family and friends and do the do our big reception with everyone following that. So we're we're looking forward to that in January. Exciting. And that's when you'll wear your wedding dress as well, right? Because <laughs> I know it's important to brides that you have your dress picked out. And you actually get to wear it then in January, correct? Yes. I, it's in a safe spot waiting for January. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, not to plunge too much into the details, but did you have any friends or even family or others who just said, well, just wait, you know, go ahead, make the choice, move into a common residence and cohabit in Iowa City. I mean, for you, it's kind of a starkly countercultural decision. Yeah, we were pretty lucky that everyone was supportive with more of our decision to go ahead and get married. Um, so we didn't have any anyone express any concerns with us um, that way. But I do know everything as we planned was we wanted to wait to live together officially until we were married. So that was a big part of deciding to move the date up rather than push it back or wait. Tremendous, tremendous. So, and uh, again, kind of a prophetic witness in this day. And uh, so, you know, you kind of even beforehand, doing something that uh, kind of stands out, that there's something distinctive about what happens as a couple actually seals their love in Christ's eyes, that uh, everything's different, and the communion that you know of life is, is different than just simply the practical matters or the, the financial gains that the couples can make by living together. So uh, certainly appreciate that as well, that you offered that as a test. So the actual site was at St. Francis of Assisi, or where was it? Yes, that is where we were married on March 20th. Okay. So we have that in common. Our lives changed at St. Francis of Assisi Church. That's where I was ordained a bishop, but uh, a little bit different scale for you, for you all. So, yes. Yeah. So, and you and you had Father uh, Monsignor Ed Hurley there, right? Because he, he was uh, the Irish crooner, right? He was your singer for the, for the wedding as well. Yes, he did it all. Right. <laughs> yeah, talk about a utility player, Monsignor Hurley. <laughs> so, but uh, the family association that you have with him, too, in this way. So as you look going forward, obviously anyone and our great respect and prayers for all healthcare professionals these days, and you're going to be stepping into the thick of it at a, at a very uh, um, 
precarious moment uh, for for all healthcare people. Any reservations or thoughts about that? Now, you know that is it going to be that maybe you might not always able to be together uh, even in, as the months unfold here. Yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting time for us that are graduating and about to start residency. Just since this is a lot um, of unexpected that we're going into, but. Um, being a physician has been like my dream for a long time and I'm it's I found my passion in that and I'm just really excited to live out like my calling and help others in any capacity that I can so it might hopefully um, Andy it won't affect how much time I was already planning to be home but who knows at this point (laughs) Mm -hmm. so Andy the kind of uh, humiliated that you have and, and things. Now, are you someone involved in healthcare, or is what's what's your vocational calling beyond marriage? Yeah, I actually work for a medical dev- device company um, and work with with primarily elective surgeries. So things have been very quiet for me the last couple months, um, or at least the the last month here. And I'm sure that'll pick back up. So it'll be uh, it'll definitely be a, a wild probably June and July when. Bailey starts her residency, and, and hopefully things will get uh, closer to normal, or, or at least we can resume doing some of the things that have been postponed. Um, but she's she's on the front lines; I'm on the back lines, and uh, we'll just we just trust in the Lord and, and know that He'll take care of us and, and provide for us, regardless of, of what you know might come our way. So, is there any chance you could actually? intersect in a surgical suite somewhere <laughs> at the, at the uh, University of Iowa hospitals and clinics or not? <laughs> Probably not, but we might, uh, might be able to at least grab lunch together at some point. Oh, that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, just to push you a little more here, and I don't know, uh, Kelly, how we how we doing here? Yeah, four minutes. Four minutes. Thank you. <laughs> we we have different clocks here. And I, you know, Alaska, Hawaii times. <laughs> where, where am I? Anyway, um, I, I'm back now. All right. Uh, um, but uh, Creighton, and you know, we have the Spirit Catholic Radio, who's a part of our audience, listening audience, and so you know the the, the good things there, the St. Joseph Hospital, and and all that's part of that. Um, anything that you felt at, at being formed at Creighton, you mentioned kind of your life calling, a vocation. How was that uh, nurtured, or that whole sense of a life calling that isn't just simply a profession that you're choosing? Oh, I. I think um, Creighton did a really good job in uh, allowing us students to experience a lot of different fields and find, you know, what what is our calling, what we feel um, the most meaning doing. And I'm really thankful for my education at Creighton and all of the faculty um, that allowed me to find what is my passion and what is my calling aside from just knowing that I wanted to be a doctor and help others, um, I was able to find my calling in psychiatry and help others um, facing mental illness. And it's um, it's special. It's a different type of medicine to be practiced. And I just feel really honored to be able to be a part of the care of these patients' lives. And I'm really thankful for Creighton for giving me the opportunity to find my calling and having such good mentors throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Well, tremendous. That's 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 beautiful. And what a, a, 
uh, an urgent need we have for not only healthcare people of all stripes, but uh, particularly for those uh, who are helping those with mental illness as well. Do you anticipate that a great part of your practice ultimately will be uh, telemedicine? Uh, you know, we think about Iowa with all the rural areas, or uh, any sense of how that will shape up for you? I think that it's definitely a possibility at this point, and I think um, with everything with coronavirus going on right now, telemedicine and all different specialties is really picking up, Um, and I think there's such a need for psychiatrists. We don't have enough here, Um, and a lot of patients that are hoping to seek psychiatrists, so I definitely see that as a possibility, although... I don't know exactly what type of psychiatry I'm going to be practicing four years from now, so things could change a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely am excited to have the opportunity to de- to get some training in telepsychiatry in my residency. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point that the, there's still some discernment now that will play out in your residency, and obviously for Andy as well. And. Uh, I don't know if there's a honeymoon that's been postponed as well or how that's going to shape up. <laughs> you know, you can, you, can, uh, you can go to Riverside to the casino <laughs> or something. You know? It's uh, closed. <laughs> it's closed. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. And, and, they, and they smoke there. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so uh, you know, January 1st, uh, you know, we know that Creighton won't have a football team and a bowl game on January 1st. Uh, Doug McDermott and the Blue Jays as well. But uh, that uh, maybe if uh, St. Ambrose Cathedral, if I'm not off on retreat at that moment, who knows? I might wander over and kind of crash your renewal of vows ceremony if, if, you, if you don't have security posted to keep me out on that. So uh, right next door to my own residence. So, again, the, the beautiful witness that you have and uh, a, a kind of a shining light in the midst of some of the clouds that have surrounded us in this way. So, so Bailey and Andy, thank you so much for giving us your time and God's blessing upon your first year of marriage. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. We're going to take a quick break. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmentinternational.org. That's blessmentinternational.org. Jesus said, on this day, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who will approach the fount of my mercy on this day. The Feast of Divine Mercy is Sunday, April 19th. Jesus offers us extraordinary graces on this special holy day. It is like a second baptism, a complete cleansing of our souls, a grace we will probably never fully comprehend. Divine Mercy Sunday, April 19th. I took the good times. I'll take the bad times. Welcome back. I'm telling Mr. Collins with Diocese of Moines. Great interview married couple yeah you can sense the, the lightness and joy in their voices that's right. you know that uh, they're there so what a beautiful uh, couple and uh, we wish them many many years of mm-hmm. happiness together and and bearing their share of the cross too mm-hmm. with each other and that's i think one of the ways that their own kind of simplicity willingness to be called out on that so great uh, great work on that uh want to uh, again thank to all the prayers uh, certainly obviously centered in the Eucharist when we receive and our ability to express spiritual our desire for communion and making mm-hmm. spiritual communion
communion with, with Christ, the sense again that the church supplies and that mm-hmm. Jesus, just as he did for the disciples on the road to Emmaus, mm-hmm. he finds us where we are. And mm-hmm. I think he can stir our hearts and his spirit can be in our hearts. Join to our reading of God's word and our prayer. And obviously this weekend, the Divine Mercy Chapel it would be a marvelous way to kind of season that. I want to give a shout out to the, the Egan family of Clive. They said, we hope we are able to feel great courage and peace. Join us as we pray for an Easter of Divine Mercy miracle to end the coronavirus, that everyone would glorify God in this way. And so Rachel and Teresa, John, Grace, Claire, and Brendan, thank you for that. Thank you also for the only Easter candy I got. I got oh. one little Reese's <laughs> peanut butter egg from, from them, the Egan's. Thank you for that. Oh, it's almost as shameless that the late to Monsignor Joe Harard, who would stand up in the pulpit and say, our peanut brittle supply is getting a little bit low here. <laughs> so he knew how to, to punch people's business. So that wasn't even subtle as well. But uh, So uh, Kelly, what do you have going on here in our All culture? All right, got a couple different things. So yesterday, Pope Benedict Emeritus, uh, he celebrated his 93rd birthday. Wow. Yeah. So he actually shares a birthday with my mom. So I had to make sure I reminded her on Facebook, showing a picture of Pope Benedict at this mug of German beer. (laughs) So um, I I don't know how to sing happy birthday in German, so I won't (laughs) do any of that. Yeah, and I don't know that either. When I was at the Ad Lemina visit, you know, Archbishop Ganswein, who was his personal secretary, was Mm -hmm. kind of with us, our group, as we were heading into Pope Francis. And I just asked him how Pope uh, Benedict, was he still playing the piano or not? And he said, no, unfortunately, he's not, his fingers aren't as nimble. He used to have the tinkling (laughs) fingers that he would wave to people but that the difference between the music in his head and the music he actually performs uh, is too great. So that was another form of suffering for and fasting yeah, for him now that he right. can't play that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Okay, and then uh, in this coronavirus, people are searching for good news. We've got a couple different things here. Uh, Pope Francis, um, well, Loyola Press has put together an ebook of all of Pope Francis's inspiring quotes. So it's free. You just go on to Loyola Press or go to Amazon.com. It's called On Hope. Um, free book, Pope Francis, inspiring quotes. Got that? Books are good. Free books are better. That's Thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You don't even have. To I go finally to got into the ebook era here. You know, I'm mean, okay. part of it. So you Join know, the... I mean, because yeah. So I mean, you know, before you know, bookstores are closed now, and of course, yeah. walking into bookstores is an occasion of sin for me. I always <laughs> plan on plunking some money down. So yeah, but anyway. So, final one, there's this YouTube show called Some Good News. It's hosted by John Krasinski, he, uh, from The Office, and he's been posting lots of, he has a show, it's very funny, um, very primitive, but very funny, and um, he is hosting a prom tonight, a virtual prom for anybody, which there are lots of high schoolers who did not get their prom this year, including yeah. some of my nieces. Yeah, so and my nephew Michael, too. Yeah. yeah this was yeah. going to be a big deal for right. him. Right, and many yeah. girls bought their dresses. Like I said, the dress is a big deal. And um, so they can put those on tonight, go to some good news on YouTube, and he's going to be DJing this virtual prom for all those guys oh. and girls. <laughs> and <Yeah>. girls too, <laughs> guys in the generic guys sense. Because yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. gals always kind of sound a little funny, you know. But and is there an after party too or not? Um, y- you know what? I doubt it. Let me yeah. see here. Then they're uh, all going to watch a live stream mass after that, right? You know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So yeah. So um. So yeah. So uh, it's going to be starting at eight Eastern, seven Central. So um, yeah, people should check that out. Daylight time, daylight time, right? And another funny story that I have here is, um, as everybody knows, priests have been live streaming their masses, and there's a priest from Italy who accidentally turned on his filter. So it was quite funny that... uh, (laughs) (laughs) He didn't realize that he had his filter on, so um, it was a rotation of him looking like somebody from Goodfellas, 
to um or the the um um one of the different movies. <laughs> you know what movie I'm talking about. I uh, can't think of it right now. Yeah. Caddyshack? No. <laughs> what is it? Uh, anyway, Wade's and anyway, it was funny. You should check it out. Just Google it. <laughs> This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.